0: Witchcraft, spirituality for bad people. I'm your host, astrologer Grace McGrain. This is the podcast where we unpack all things witchcraft, astrology, and this week we're getting into Tantra with my dear friend, pleasure priestess Leola, who gives me the how-to with all things tantra. It's cancer season. And on this week's forecast, we're unpacking what that means. It's time to look at emotional reciprocity, where we're getting it and where we're not getting it. Cancer is the first water sign of the zodiac and pertains to our sense of emotional safety and our early childhood experiences and wounds that inform how we process emotions. So if you're feeling a little teary-eyed or hypersensitive, that's completely normal. Mercury is newly direct. Prompting us to start heart-to-heart conversations and lead with sensitivity. If we're going to fully embrace cancer season, we're going to lead with our emotions and after quite a cerebral year thus far, it's important that we're leading from the heart. On July 1st, we had war planet Mars in fiery Leo squaring disciplinarian planet Saturn, indicating an era of conflict in our interpersonal relationships. Mars is our will to go out and get shit done, it rules fucking and fighting, and Saturn is a big, hard no. Here we're experiencing an outside obstacle to getting what we want, so it can feel quite frustrating this first week of July. After that, Venus opposes Saturn on July 6th, and once again we're looking at where we're feeling restricted and bound in our connections with others. Where we aren't getting reciprocity, maybe we're being met with a little bit of elusiveness or aloofness. Saturn's still in Aquarius, and this is kind of about detachment, Um, even the internet. It could be how the internet has influenced our personal relationships and we're not feeling seen or heard because Venus is in Leo. We are encouraged to heed advice from the sign of the sensitive crab and lead with love, empathy, and compassion, even if it's hard. We're looking forward to a new moon in Cancer, and always new moons are a time for setting intention. And this new moon encourages us to set intentions around what kind of emotional experiences you want to invite in. What do you want to feel in the next six months? What are you looking to experience more of that you need to feel safe? How do you want to feel nourished? There's a cat. Where is there a cat? Huh? Explain about the cat. The, I, like, I break the witchy stereotype in the fact that I am more of a dog person than a cat person. But right now there is a cat and its tail is stroking my face. um, And I'm actually enjoying it. Although I don't know if it's affecting the sound. <laughs> it's giving me Reiki. I think that's what cats do when they sit on your lap. You know, the rate that cats purr is the same rate bones heal. I don't know. I don't know how you would measure that. There's no way to sort of. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> getting back to Astrology. The new moon in Cancer. Um, So new moons are times to set intention, and that's because the moon, which is our subconscious, and the sun, which is our conscious, come together and they unify. And, you know, farmers knew this, so they would always plant seeds on a new moon. So new moons are... This is a powerful date to call in new feelings, new intentions around how we are nourished and nurtured. It may feel like everyone around you is having a little bit of an emotional breakdown, and that's just kind of where we're at with Venus and Mars squaring Saturn and us being in crybaby cancer season. And it can be a little weepy. My dad always says uh cancers are Scorpios in a house coat. And I agree with that. They're less vindictive Scorpios. Um moving on. We have Mercury joining the sun in Cancer. And Mercury is leaving Gemini, which is about duplicity, doing two things at once, and moving into Cancer, which once again is helping us vocalize our emotions and adding some intuitive ability to our cerebral spaces. So overall, this is a pretty sensitive couple of weeks. We are tuning into our heart spaces I think it's interesting that both Mars and Venus are in the same sign, that's our masculine and feminine energy. Venus is how we receive, what we attract with little to no effort. And Mars is what we're going after. So the fact that these two planets are in the same sign means that we're experiencing kind of a global unification of our masculine and feminine energies, which is really, really important. Because it means that what we're perceiving externally, how we're going out into the world, and also what we're perceiving internally is kind of unifying. So, if you're having these aha moments where you're looking around at your life and you're saying, okay, yeah, this is a reflection of my inner state, you know, as above, so below, as within, so without, then you're right on track. hello 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 (laughs) i'm here with my dear friend leola sacred intimacy mentor and muse pleiadian incarnate sent here from the stars to awaken the inhabitants of earth to their divine potential as creator beings (laughs) to make it short i met leola um a Yamashiro, actually, like, in, in a... It was, like, a after-party? Yeah. And you came up to me, and you were maybe one of the most present people I had ever met. Oh. You just immediately... It was like, whoa. Who is this sort of, like, like Lyrian person? I think we, like... It took us about two minutes, and then we were talking about... Uh, aliens? <laughs> I don't know. Um... But for our dear listeners and audience, can you tell me a little bit about what you do and your journey thus far and how you're doing?
1: Sure. Thank you so much, Grace, for having me on Bitchcraft. Mm-hmm. Super excited about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, I'm a sacred intimacy mentor in Muse. How that unpacks is kind of looking at sacred sexuality and also Tantra, um, Tantra means method for expansion. That's the like root, root meaning of the word. So it's really about using your life force or your Kundalini energy to move into all aspects of your life, um, to live in an expansive state where right. you're in this growth minded space, um, which is super empowering. And it's, it's looking at how can you bring pleasure into, into each moment, even the ones that are painful It's really taking ownership for both your triggers and your turn-ons fully. It's sexual shadow work as well. Um, Honestly, Tantra has so many different lineages, and it's one of those things that I've kind of like pulled bits and pieces here that align with my highest truth and my practice. Um, But... I think that for me, what it really comes down to is that exactly like, take what I say in this podcast and and anything else that you might find anywhere on the internet or from anyone in particular, from any modality, listen to it, absorb it and whatever resonates with you. Great. Go on with that. And then if you're, if you're not resonating with it, if it's, you know, triggering you, like maybe looking at why, why is that? And that's definitely a large part of my work and, and how I help people understand that. Um, does that answer your question
0: (laughs) it does and I just want to say like I have some vegan cheese in my mouth (laughs) I just want to say Leola is one of the most multifaceted people I've ever met in my whole life on top of all of this she's articulate she's smart she she also paints she's also like an interior decorator slash like podcast creator wizard who does like one-on-one sessions who also um, models and is, like, immaculately beautiful. Thank you. You are so layered and so nuanced. And I think I immediately, when I met you, felt this sort of magnetic pull and also this, like, psychic kinship with you where I was like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I really love hanging out with you because I also think that you've totally carved your own path. You're doing kind of, in in a way that I'm kind of, you know, aspiring to be you're also creating a sort of career path that is completely hodgepodge like made up this is like you know doing a little bit of everything which is awesome you know you're you've deprogrammed yourself and you're just making it up as you go along and you're doing it in a way that is sort of chic and effortless and um very cool very very cool
1: Thank you for all the accolades. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what I call this truly is the art of living. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that it got easier and more effortless and more beautiful and creatively expansive the more that I aligned with my purpose. And now I see that, like, every aspect of my being is a, is in alignment with that. Like, it's, like, having beautiful wallpaper isn't just this, like egoic expression it's actually like looking at this brightens my fucking day which brings joy to my heart which allows me to show up more I don't know authentically and joyfully for the people that I'm serving as well yeah, yeah. you
0: make love with life
1: exactly and it's
0: visible and it's energetically palpable people feel it I think it really is sort of like this you have this this very um kinetic love of life that's very 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 powerful um so can you tell me a little bit about your awakening
1: sure so i think that i was as a child i was a pretty intuitive and questioning soul and at the same time i was also very quick to assimilate to survive I grew up in the midwest in missouri kind of in a small town and so these more expansive philosophies and modalities just like weren't really on the table at all ever um Mm -hmm. but i remember like playing games that were like almost like the matrix with myself and like seeing myself as this like character almost Mm -hmm. like in in the reality scape of the world um and also just, like, really clearly seeing through all of the bullshit and all of the contradictions in, like, you know, religion and then, you know, like, going to church and, and just not getting it, whereas, like, everyone else was, like, really just, like, bowing down to this. And I almost thought that there was something wrong with me because how could I, like, question you know, God, like, who am I to do that, yeah. right? But I was like, this also doesn't make any sense. Am I the <laughs> only one with this? Yeah. Like, this is, like, totally contradicting itself. Anyways, so that's kind of where I came from. And then um, I think that also, like, as a part of that, being, like, a pretty, like, light being in a place that, like, has lots of, like, veils of darkness was I attracted a lot of, like, trauma, essentially. And I don't, yeah. and I don't say that to be, like... Poor me, like, victim mindset. Like, I'm really grateful for that because it's Great. made me who I am today.
0: Real, real quick, what do you think the function of trauma is?
1: Mm. So, yeah, that's that's essentially where I'm going with this, is that, like, I'm super grateful that I had these experiences that were, quote-unquote, traumatic or challenging because it it gave me this depth of a soul. It gave me this roadmap that has allowed me to step into my purpose so that I understand like, all of the complexity, complexities of this specific part of the human experience, namely, like, sexual trauma, relationship trauma, codependency, etc., so that I'm able to help other people through that. Um, so for me, like, not only was it, like, this incredible, like, gift to my soul to learn through this experience, but I'm also able to transcend that and then help other people through those experiences. So, yeah, that's essentially what happened in my in my, you know, early years into my teens and, and young adulthood, there was lots of like, you know, sexual assault, um, lots of shame and guilt and fear around that. And then just generally around like thinking that I needed to follow this narrative of like, you go to college and then you get like a normal job and, and, and this like very patriarchal lineage, but like trying to make it work in my super feminine expression. Um, So anyways, when I, when I went to college, then I started to realize like how damaged I was and like, and I actually damage isn't the right word because it's not something that needed to be fixed. It was more of like how limiting I was looking at the world, like how limited my perspective was. And it came down to like a series of events, as it often does, and then and, and to me like this this growth is often like exponential, like it starts pretty slow and you're like really frustrated and like you don't know like what to believe and what not to, and then it kind of like takes off, and that's really kind of how it happened for me um yeah yeah,
0: powerful, powerful stuff
1: absolutely one of
0: my um idols. Um what's her name? <laughs> Great. <laughs> One of my biggest idols, what is their name? I've heard trauma referred to by said person. Her name I think her name is Caroline Mace, but it's, it's spelled M Y two S. Refers to trauma as my secret dark superpower. Mm. My my super secret dark assignment. And I think that often embedded in our worst fear and deepest trauma is also our soul's purpose and one of the things I really admire about you is that you've sort of used this life experience as a hidden vault that you can draw strength from and lend out to other people which is exactly what we're meant to do here and it's very very powerful it's very humbling
1: hmm yeah, it's interesting. I think that that's, like, kind of how I even got into this work. Speaking um, of, like, mentors or people that you look up to in this space, there's a guy, I also don't remember his last name, but I follow him on Instagram, his first name's Saeed, and he has, like, the long curly hair and the glasses. Do you Love know what I'm talking it. about?
0: No, okay. He's, long hair men. Love he's
1: it. Yeah, and he's, like, really flamboyantly gay and amazing, and he does all these, like, insane little reels. And one of them was him talking about how people were, like, ...looking at him and saying, like, you're, like, glowing. Like, what's going on? Like, where, like, where is this coming from? And his response is, it's trauma, baby. It's trauma. (laughs) And it's, like, this idea that, like, when we stop looking at, like, our difficult experiences... ...or our patterns or whatever as just that... ...when we're able to shift the perspective into this space of, like... ...oh, like, actually, like, this is making me a whole human that is here for, like, a reason... ...and how can I use this to empower myself then you you embody that and then and and that's kind of how I got into the work is that I healed myself primarily using like mindfulness and then that kind of moved into as I realized like yoga and meditation and like journaling and therapy only got me so far like I realized like there was like a much deeper root which had a lot more to do with like my sexuality um and in my expression of like my femininity and 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 etc that then I was able to, like, go to the root of that, work through it, and, like, come to, like, a place that was much more healed, and then I started to have people say, like, what are you doing? Like, your life looks amazing. Like, how did you get there? And I was, and and that's how I got my first clients, was, like, people just asking that, and it started with just friends wanting to know like what I was doing and and sharing you know the wisdom that I had learned just because I love to do that I'm very much someone that like likes to give guidance and likes to teach and likes to offer solutions I know have worked for me also understand that not everything works for not the same thing doesn't work for everyone but I do truly believe that this energy which is our sexual energy our kundalini energy our life force energy all synonyms for the same thing this energy is the most powerful energy in our bodies it's the energy that creates like us as humans first of all all of the animals around us even if like you look around where you're sitting creative energy kundalini energy that's
0: that's, yes that's what
1: yeah yes and it's like creating like if you're sitting in a wooden chair like sexual energy created that chair because it was like a tree that had flowers and then it would be and then you know etc you know the clothes that you're wearing come from fabric that's also a sexual interaction the most natural, beautiful things, at least it's it's often the things that are like man-made, like plastic that have a lower vibration or not as powerful. (laughs) Right. Um, so when you're able to understand this, you can see how this energy can be like channeled, you know, into like all parts of our lives. Like if you're not, this energy doesn't have to be sexual. It's not inherently sexual. It's easy to say sexual energy because people are, are able to identify with that because that's, often the only time that they allow themselves to be fully present and fully in their bodies. So that's why I think that this energy is often sexualized. and It is a great tool. Sexuality is a great tool in the toolbox for Tantra, for uncovering your trauma, for working through things, but it's, it's much more than that as well. Yeah. I
0: want, I know I've kind of talked to you about this. I want to share a little story I've had, I have with my experience of Tantra, Mm -hmm. which was completely accidental. Um, I was living in Scotland and I fell, um, head over heels in love with somebody and what transpired also like this land was like, it was on ley lines and it was like a really kind of potent location on the globe. I had sex with him and I saw his face change during intercourse mm. and afterwards for three days, I felt like I had like microdosed Molly. Like I was just like tripping out. I felt like light was opening underneath my skin. It was a transformative, transcendent experience of God. And I was 20 years old, and before that, every prior sexual experience had involved discomfort, pain, mm. me feeling like I owed somebody something, me pretending to enjoy it, me feeling used. And that particular experience experience completely changed every subsequent experience that followed. Wow. Where I suddenly realized, actually, I fucking love sex. I love having sex. And this can take me somewhere. This is a vehicle to access higher stupes of consciousness. Also, like, my question to you is, like, do you sometimes feel, like, for me, like, I want to have sex because it makes me feel close to God? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been shamed for that in relationships, mm. my own like feminine, like compulsivity where I'm like, okay, now we bang cause God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that story. It's super vulnerable and it's definitely something that I think that a lot of people can really resonate with just because of the, the shame and the guilt and the fear around sexuality. And to me, I think that like, it's source energy that's like another sexual energy erotic energy kundalini energy it's source energy yeah pure god exactly that's moving through your body so of course it's this divine like part of ourselves that we're like accessing through it and it is an altered state like I, i really do believe that like when you're in a sexual interaction, like, you are in an altered state of consciousness. If you're turned on, you're in an altered state of consciousness. You can't make the same decisions that you normally <laughs> make, right? You're telling me, honey. It's like you're on <laughs> drugs. It's really like you're on drugs. Yeah, so no, that absolutely. is why you definitely have to be, like, you know, I and I'm not slut-shaming, like, I'm all about, like, go and get it, whatever. But you definitely want to be very careful about, like, Who you're going into that space with because you're you're going into an altered state. It's like you wouldn't do like, you know, like ayahuasca or like magic mushrooms with like just any, you know, hot guy on the street like you or girl or whatever your sexual preference is, non-binary whatever. I mean, to be inclusive. But do
0: you have a sort of like what is your process in cleansing after a sexual energy exchange with somebody? Like, do you have any kind of rituals or? modalities of kind of like moving some of that energy because
1: yeah I talked about in your
0: podcast like my understanding of sex is it's a merge of
1: energies yeah absolutely I think that there's two parts for this and one is like I think that it's it's difficult for people but one is like a communication exercise before even going into the sexual experience to really get a gauge of like is this like a good call for like both of us um so I'll go into that first and then definitely there's some things that like I offer if you feel like you need that like if like I don't think that you necessarily need to like cleanse or be like deeply like refresh every single time because sometimes like you have insane like like, beautiful exchange, and you want to bask in that, and that's awesome as well. However, like, I know that there's been some relationships where that relationship ended, and I was like, holy shit, I need to like do something. Remove things. this
0: person's energy. Yeah. From field.
1: Yeah. So, first of all, before going into a sexual experience, and this is something that like I decided to do as like a New Year's resolution because I was realizing, like, how important it is to like be very clear about like where you're at and it's just like a needs preferences and boundaries exercise so before you go into like any sexual experience even with yourself but especially with someone else checking in with like what are my needs for this experience like what is an absolute non-negotiable this has to happen for me an example would be like I have to be respected um maybe if you're like you know like you want them to use a condom like you have to use this is a need etc preference would be something that's like a little bit more fluid like you know understanding that like oh I love like if you like are dominating me a little bit or like I prefer for this to be like really soft and gentle and like I'm, I'm interested in exploring more like yang or masculine more like aggressive touch but like I'm not comfortable on the first like being able to like open that dialogue so that you know where you're at like independently um, is going to allow you to feel really safe to surrender. Also, so getting to the last part of that, boundaries. Boundaries is, like, things that are non-negotiable. Like, you absolutely can't, like, fuck me in the ass or, like, et cetera. But again, this comes back to this idea that, like, if you don't feel fully safe sexually, you're not going to be able to hit those transcendental states. You'll have an altered state of consciousness, but you're not going to completely, like go into, like, the cosmos and really connect with God because you're going to be too in your body. Right, because you are could be in survival mode. Exactly. And how,
0: how much of that, like, did we come here to transcend in our ancestry? Like, I think a lot about how, like, sexual abuse is passed down generationally. This is something yeah. that I've really been kind of honing in on. We'll, we'll have to do, like, seven podcasts. I There's know. so much to talk about. I know. But this idea that sexual abuse gets passed down generationally, like, you know... Sex can also be a reckoning of that fight-or-flight survival
1: mode, you know? 100%. And usually it is. And sometimes it's so, that fight-or-flight mode is so exciting that we don't realize that we're actually relying on that to, like, stimulate. But that's keeping you in this human realm. It's not allowing you to meet that divine because you're not feeling safe. So you're being, excuse me, you're stuck in your body, essentially, is what's happening. So you're not able to, like, open up your crown chakra to really allow that to move through you. So that's really important. And like, I definitely recommend like going through, it can be uncomfortable because we, we really like make it out to be that sex should be this like super spontaneous thing. And like, that's all great and fine and well, but when you want to have like a deeply profound experience, you need to have intention. Right. And that's like the background of like, or the backbone of all magic, magic and, and, and really life in general. Like if you're just going into it, like, okay, da, 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 like you're not going to have that profound experience that you deeply crave on a soul level.
0: Can I ask you, um, can I ask you to, to have a mock-up of what that conversation would look like?
1: That's a really great suggestion.
0: Um, for example, like, let's pretend.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I'm the man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I know, highly improbable. I know, I'm gloriously feminine but let's pretend I'm the man
1: yeah absolutely so let's say that like Grace and I you know we're chatting it's our first date like let's just even say that because I want to make this really approachable for people because I think that it's like you don't want to have this conversation on a first date often you just want to like go with the flow it could be first date it could be seven dates in whatever it is but the point is is like you can make this like really playful and sexy it doesn't have to be this like really weighted conversation right it could be something as easy as like Oh like what do you like? What do you like? Yeah, exactly. Like what do you like? Like what are you into? Like I'd love to chat and then and then making that move into like yes, like I really like this, but like my needs on like a first sexual experience would be this. What are yours? Right. And then moving into each of these. And you could even say like, oh, I kind of want to try this thing that like my like tantric <laughs> mentor or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. L- so you can like not take you could be like, it could be stupid, but let's just try right, You don't right, have. Yeah, you can, you it could can can be silly. You can push the responsibility onto me or onto someone else. But I guarantee that you will notice that you feel much safer because, like, for example, I know for myself that, like, one of my sexual assault circumstances that happened was, like, someone essentially, like, fucked me in the ass when I was really drunk, to be, like, completely transparent. So after that happened, every time I would have sex with someone for the first time, I would be terrified that they were going to try that on me without my consent, right? right? So I wasn't able to feel really safe because I was constantly, like, oh, my God, they're going to try to turn me over and, like... Me in the ass. Uh-huh. So if you're able to like I, I realized that when I was able to say to someone before, like, my boundary is like please don't do that, then I would know that okay, cool, they know. They know that I don't like that and they know what I do like. So now I can just receive. I can go into my feminine. Polarity um, the rec- fully. Yeah, the receptivity. I can fully surrender into that because they know how to hold space for me now. Beautiful. So that's really important. Again, you can make it sexy, you can make it fun. This is not something that you have to, like, I actually recommend, like, it's great to check in with this, like, often, too. Like, even if you're in a long term relationship, to be like, especially as women, like, our cycles really, you know, cause us to, like, want different things in different parts of the month. Like, I noticed around my ovulation, I'm like, let's really go for, like, some, like, aggressive, hot, like, hot and heavy stuff. But, like, in other parts of my cycle, I wanna be really gentle and, like, very sweet. And so to be able to say, like, my needs, preferences and boundaries today are this, but they're also going to evolve. And I think that that's the other thing, too, that people often, like, look at these conversations as this is it. Like, this is all that's on the table forevermore. Right. But even to say, like, this is like now, but like, I really like I also am interested in et cetera. And we can explore this as a relationship express, you know, grows or. You Know maybe when I were in this like environment, I would like to try this, whatever. So, there's that, but to answer your question around like cleansing after yoni steaming is like 100% something that I would recommend, it's something that you can Ooh. do at home. So, like, yeah,
0: I've done a few of those.
1: Yeah, it's, it's there's so many resources on Pinterest, um, around like the type of herbs that you can use that have different like meanings. What's your favorite? Um, I love like my, what I typically do is I like, I I mean, we're very lucky that we live in LA. So there's like so many amazing Mm -hmm. plants and things like that. But like rose petals, I love to use, um, rosemary. What else do I use? Mugwort. Mugwort's great. Um, even ginger sometimes. It's Mm. just, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. Um, lavender is great as well so yeah for me like I ideally like to go like pick some things and then like I'll look at what I have in my spice cabinet that might be relevant to it as well but you can also buy like on Etsy or even on Amazon or whatever they have like pre-made pre-made steam. steams and it's super easy you just like you can even just do it like with your toilet and like put yeah. like a pot or a bowl inside of your toilet obviously cleaning <laughs> everything like sage the bathroom whatever um and then you just put the bowl and in the toilet pour the you can boil the herbs first and then pour pour them in and then you sit on the toilet and then put a blanket over yourself but there are like i've personally ordered like specific tools that are geared towards this because it's also something that i offer to women to come to my house and do um another thing would would like if you're looking for more like hands-on care or someone to work with Um, I would recommend doing like a womb cleansing or some sort of like womb guided healing ceremony. Um, it's something that I do. And I also know that you can typically find people on a website called sacredarrows.com. It has like all sorts of like tantric practitioners that do everything from like really hands-on like erotic body work to like more like you know virtual mentorship etc so you can kind of play around with like looking at different people and what their offerings are and most people will do like a free call with you as well to see like where you're at but the talk therapy is also like a big part of that as well that's fabulous
0: yeah, I tried to do a couple um at home yoni steams and it was really funny cuz I was like, okay, we're going to get tea and then we're going to putting it in this. Okay, no, that container's not big enough. Okay, the water's gone. Like it was really <laughs> there was like a lot of me like sort of squatting over a toilet like trying to huff. Yeah. <laughs> With my um my glorious yoni. Um that's beautiful. So most of your clients you're working you've been working with a lot of men this past year and, and we've mm-hmm. talked about that. And I kind of how much time do we have time I kind of want to touch on first of all, what is it you're doing? And second of all, you and I have kind of connected on the unhealed masculine mm-hmm. a lot. And I think it's almost kind of what I don't know. It's not even verbal. Like, it feels like just this, like, telepathic, like, clown-to-clown communication. Whenever I see you, we're like, yep, masculine still (laughs) healed. Doing the good work.
1: Oh, Knocking on doors.
0: Here Um, we are in these cleverly disguised Halloween costumes trying to heal the masculine energy. Yeah. What does that mean to you? How are you doing it? How do you feel about it? Do you have any advice? Because I know for me, I work with a lot of women and some men, but what I keep saying to them is like, we're healing the unhealed masculine right now. That's just where we're at. We're seeing it (laughs) for the first time. Yeah. We're seeing it for the first time. Show me how to love this. Show me how to love this.
1: Yeah. That's a beautiful way of putting it. So... Um, as you had touched on, I work with I work with women, I work with couples, I work with men. and when I first started, I was pr- primarily working with men and men are still like, you know, the largest part of my work for sure. Um, and it's deeply fascinating and deeply rewarding as well because, it's one of those things that like there's just so much trauma around sexuality and people don't realize it like they don't even know like a lot of the times people come to me and they like they're like I don't think that I'm traumatized but something is wrong so I need to like figure it out and like because a lot and a lot of the people that I work with are like wealthy like white men which is like they're they're you know it's that idea that like how could you be traumatized like you have the perfect life when in reality they're the most most traumatized traumatized. because it's
0: their sexual trauma is so deeply stigmatized and they have nowhere to
1: go yeah absolutely so essentially um to, to answer the question of like how do I work with them it's one of those things that it's like deeply intuitive work for one it's something that like i want to be very clear before i get into this but like this is if you're interested in this work like i highly recommend that you work with a mentor one-on-one because it is very vulnerable and it is also very it's very easy to get yourself into situations that like could traumatize yourself so it's also important that you've worked on your own shit. and i will say that doing this work has very much stimulated that that situation within myself So essentially, I work with men in two different ways. One is by doing, um, like, a a virtual mentorship, I call it. And it's really doing the inner work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other way is in-person body work. And I think that you're more interested in hearing about the body work. Is that correct? Or no? No. No. So I'll I'll kind of explain them both then in, in a succinct way. How I would describe working with, like, your sexual trauma in this space with me particularly is, like, let's say that you're, like, wanting to run a marathon, and so you need someone that's like like I so to to prepare yourself for like this, you know, monumental event, this like transcendental experience, you need to make sure that you're also like eating the right diet and you know, drinking enough water and getting enough rest and stretching, etc. Yeah. So my virtual mentorship is kind of like that. It's like a it's like helping you build a tantric lifestyle that isn't just sex, although that's a big part of it, but also doing the deep inner work, the deep inner healing that you really, truly need to, like, oh, like, it, it's calm, It's almost like if you're going to do plant medicine, you need to have the integration as right. well. Right, you
0: can't, you can't beat hard-railing cocaine in the back of the spanky trailer, right, like the day before.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, memories. <sighs> um. So, or even just, like, doing, like, you know, peyote or ayahuasca, you can't just do that and then like go about your normal life. Like, you have to mm-hmm. make like real changes to integrate it. So, that's essentially what my mentorship is. It's like helping people through, like, every week we're gonna touch in, I'm gonna help you like build a tantric lifestyle that's going to liberate you in every possible way. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I'm working in person with someone, it's kind of like running the race. It's like, okay, we're gonna like put into practice like all of the work that I've been doing. We're gonna get a good assessment of where I'm at, yeah, and kind of the next steps. And I'm gonna push myself and challenge myself. Mm-hmm. So it's really diving deep into a very very vulnerable place for about three to four hours. My sessions are three to four hours.
0: That's a long time.
1: It is, but it goes by so fast. And it's one of those things that like most people in this space charge hourly. I don't. There's a flat rate for my session particularly because the energy is so vulnerable that if there's any inkling of them being like, Oh, I don't wanna like go over time and then pay an extra or right. whatever. Know. That's totally not, not It's not the vibe. It's not the vibe. Or for myself to say, oh well time's up when they're like having a critical moment because like people are like you know, like losing their shit sometimes, you know. And other times they're they're having like these like peaks of ecstasy and like I'm not gonna like rush them out the door. I and and to so that regard like I, I only work with I mainly I, I do like eight sessions a month is like probably my average and so where can we find
0: like, where can we find you
1: um you can find me at talktantra that's also the name of my podcast or on instagram at leola talks Tantra
0: cool amazing and just to close out can you talk a little bit about like or can you give me an example of like what the healed masculine energy looks like and what unhealed masculine energy looked
1: like beautiful so to me healed masculine is like the compassionate leader and there's different archetypes that you can look at but to me like that is the most succinct way to put it it's like deep consciousness it's creating like a safe container for people to explore their energy and the depths of their creativity it's a compassionate masculine leader to me is someone that like looks to the feminine first, like for the intuition, for the guidance and then takes that information and then uses it to create a framework or again, a container for that energy to move for that, that, um, that guidance to take shape In an unhealed way. It's lots of like it. And so the healed is, is purpose driven. Unhealed is very ego driven. Um, Lots of, like, competition, lots of self-serving, um, definitely, like, uh, trying to get, like, like, it's this idea of, like, well, if I'm gonna win, someone else is gonna have to lose. It's this idea, it's just, like, it's not a holistic viewpoint at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I've thought about a lot of that, about, like, okay, where are we reaching for something external to feed the inner condition? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And where is that, like, not, um, healthy? Yeah. But this is definitely, I think, a part of the astrological journey that we're working on right mm-hmm. now. It's a little bit like, you know, where have we given our power away externally when we could have been sourcing from within. Yeah. I love you so much. I love you. I'm, I am absolutely adore you. I <laughs> <laughs> seriously adore you. The um, is mutual. Thanks for doing this. It's my pleasure. Um... Yeah, any closing thoughts? Any sort of,
1: uh, do you have a prophecy to deliver or anything? Mm. Prophecy to deliver. I think just allowing yourself to really bring pleasure into, like, every day is the best thing that I can offer. The more that you lean into, like, allowing that energy to move through you, the more expansion you're going to experience. Beautiful beautiful
0: wise words all right amazing awesome. i feel like there's so much more to do and say but also That was this week's episode of Bitchcraft. Thank you so much for listening and big thanks to Leola. You can find her on Instagram at, at LeolaTalksTantra. Blessed be, bitches. Blessed be.